How's it going, everyone? And welcome to this week's edition of our summer series, Stephen and Company, here on the Stephen Perkins program. Thank you so much for joining me on the Outset Podcast Network. Before I introduce the incredible person on the show this week, I'd like to give a shout out to the sponsor who made this week's episode possible, and that is Octopod. Octopod's line of portable charging solutions makes sure that your phone will never die again. That's right. I said it. Go to octo-pod.com slash outset and use the promo code outset at checkout for 50% off your order. So on this week's show, I have a very awesome guest. She is a good friend of mine who has an uncanny ability to look at issues from all sides, something that is admirable. She is a contributor to a number of sites, including the College Conservative, Campus Reform, and Smart Girl Politics. She even recently spoke at Write Online, a national conference of conservative bloggers from all around the country in Washington, D.C. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my interview with Bethany Bora. As I said in my intro, I'm here this week with Bethany Bora, and she is a contributor to the College Conservative, Campus Reform, Smart Girl Politics. In other words, everyone wants her opinion, and <laughs> so do I, which is why I have her on the show this week. Bethany, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you for asking. So, you know, in this first half of the show, I just want to kind of get your opinions on some current events that have been happening. Um, have you been following, I'm sure you have, the South Carolina shooting? I have. Okay. So, obviously everyone probably knows the facts by now, but, but what I'm interested in getting from your point of view is the debate over the Confederate flag. This has obviously been a very controversial thing. The governor, uh, Senator Tim Scott, Senator Lindsey Graham, they've all, all these South Carolina politicians have now... Um, demanded the flag come down, and now we've learned today that the flag is coming down. I thought it was interesting because a lot of people seem to shift the conversation away from um, this was just a crazy, mentally insane person who did this to the flag is to blame. Mm-hmm. What do you What do you think about that? Well, I think this is just following the pattern that people have of blaming inanimate objects for shootings and for tragedies. But I think there's so many different layers to this flag controversy. You know what I mean? Like, they've shifted completely away from the insane individual who did it. They've shifted away from gun control even, which is usually what they bounce back on. And it's somehow become all about this flag. And it's interesting because, one, regardless of what your opinion is, whether it should be there or not, why now? You know what I mean? Like, why is it it's been up for so long and now all of a sudden everybody wants it taken down? Was, no. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was listening to the former one of the former governors of South Carolina speak, and he said that there's always been kind of this underlying fight to get the flag removed, but unfortunately it took a, a huge circumstance like this to actually get it done. But I think, you know, what you say is right, is whenever there's one of these shootings, everyone wants to blame the gun. They want to blame a flag. And granted, yes, the flag probably had something to do with it. It wasn't his sole motivator. But yes, it's part of this ideology that he subscribed to. But I think it is quite sad that um, it did take an event like this. But you're right. There is a bigger picture there. Yeah, and I think... It all comes back, and every time there's a tragedy like this, it comes up for just a little bit, and then it gets shot back down again. Of There's mental issues and there's mental illnesses in society that have to be addressed. And, you know, I mean, it has nothing to do with 
the gun it has nothing to do with the flag or anything it's attitudes it's how people are raised it's like learning to interact with people that aren't like you it's that's something that we've lost you know what i mean like you're trying to make everybody the same and fit your mold of the perfect person so you're losing diversity while you're claiming that you're trying to integrate it it's just this big mix that nobody wants to address i want to ask you about your thoughts on president obama's comments first of all i mean by now we, we've all heard him that um shortly after the event he said that these types of uh, violent attacks don't happen in other countries uh, because of, of gun control my first question is do you think it was right for him to turn to so immediately turn that event into um, uh, into an event about a political issue no not at all and this is a recurring theme but this one it seems like it happened much quicker than it has in the past um, if I'm not mistaken, he jumped on this one pretty quick. And I think it's just sad, you know what I mean? Especially something like this, something that was in a church when this man went into the church and sat with them and got to know them and was loved by them for an hour. And then he decided to do this. Like this was something that, not to take away from anything else because all of them are tragedies, but this one was like gut-wrenching. Like you see what he did, you know what I mean? Like as somebody who goes to church two or three times a week, this was, it hit me hard for me, and I know it probably hit for a lot of people, too. So I think it's just sad, you know what I mean? Like, the president really had nothing to do with this. Like, a comment, his comment should have stopped at, like, remembering the people that were harmed in it, and that should have been it. That should have been the extent of his comment. I think we all agree that, that there should be something that we as a society do to prevent further violent attacks like this although we may differ on what that thing is, the biggest thing, of course, is gun control. Many people are now pressuring Congress, as they have in the case of past shootings, to finally enact some gun control. What are your thoughts on the whole gun control debate? I think it's ridiculous. I think it's something that's been long exhausted and just should be forgotten about, honestly. Because um, the numbers are there. The numbers back it up. You know what I mean? Like, I live in Florida, and Florida has the highest number of concealed carry permits in the country and violent crime is dropping drastically. Like every time they do these reports, it's dropping and it's, yes, correlation doesn't equal causation, but it has something to do with it. You can't tell me that that just happened by coincidence. So I think that it's something that it's just common sense. You know what I mean? Like if you want people to be able to prevent these kinds of shootings, then you have to put them on an equal playing field with the people that are coming and trying to harm them. Right. And does Florida have because I know in Texas we just passed campus carry. Does Florida have campus carry, if I remember correctly? No, Florida doesn't. There was a bill in the Florida legislature this session that would have allowed um, concealed carry on campuses. Like if you had all of it was everything the same. If you had the state license to carry outside right. of campus, you could carry on campus. And it was not even brought up for a vote on the floor because of pressure from teachers' unions. Right. So. Well, and it, it's kind of. It's nice knowing now that Texas has that, and especially when we've seen in the past all these school shootings, you mm -hmm. know, I, I think you would agree with me. It, 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 there is absolutely a case to make that responsible gun owners stop crazy people who absolutely. somehow get weapons. Absolutely, especially as a young woman who's on campus by myself at night. I've had people wait for me outside of my classrooms. I have to walk to my car through the parking lot in the dark alone. You know right. what I mean? Like things like that that... Yeah, campus security is not going to be there every sing every time I'm walking to my car. So right. it's now, definitely necessary. Now let's talk about some news on um, a another unfortunate, 
and violent uh, attack. And that was the Boston bombings and the Boston bomber, uh, which I always try to get his name correct, uh, Sarnayev, was sentenced today um, to death. He will now go and wait on death row. What is your reaction when you hear about that sentence? I think the death penalty is tricky. I think that in this case, that was the only penalty that was even like the only punishment that was even on the table for him mm-hmm. in a lot of people's minds. I think when it, I think it's definitely going to help the families get a little bit of closure. You know what I mean? From what I've seen, all of them wanted it. Um, so I think that's definitely going to help. It's going to kind of put an end to this whole disaster for them as much as it can. But I think that when it comes to the death penalty, it's something that's still like up in the air for a lot of different people. Um, I haven't seen the reactions today because I haven't been watching the news. But I think that it's something that is it's might be coming to an end, I think, pretty soon. It's something that's a little very, very hotly contested. Sure. Well, there's been different reactions all day from uh, from family members and people who knew the victims. One family member um, made a really good point. She said even though that he was sentenced to death, it doesn't alleviate the fact that um, her, I believe it was her son, her son is now dead. Um, and And no matter what they do to this guy, it's not going to bring him back. And so for me, looking at the death penalty, um, I have a number of issues with it, and which is, I guess, surprising for some since I come from Texas. We're so uh, gung-ho on the death penalty. Mm-hmm. But I'm just interested in, in that, um, that debate that I think we've been having more recently about whether it's effective. And let me, let me ask you this. In terms of the argument that the death penalty deters violent crime, do you agree with that? Not necessarily, because I think a lot of people who are on death row don't even end up having that punishment carried out for years and years. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people can get probation if they act be- if they are well behaved. They can do a lot of different things to avoid that. So I think le- I think life in prison is just as much a deterrent as the death penalty, because the statistics don't really show that the death penalty is carried out as often as it's given. So I think, and it's more cost effective to just put people in prison for life. It's not as costly to put them on death row. So I think things like that, like it's, yeah, it's a deterrent because when you say death penalty, people kind of stop and say, hang on a second. But when it comes down to like the numbers and if it's actually working, I don't really think it's much more effective. Sure. Now, do you think uh, the Obama administration's response whenever the Boston bombing first happened, do you think that it was... Um, an appropriate response as to uh, how they um, talked about terrorism and extremism. Do you think that they've been um, appropriate in their dealings with that? I think so. I think that this has been one situation that it seems like they've handled fairly well. Um, Of course, the tendency to be easy on terrorism in this administration is still there. Um, But I think that this is one situation that surprisingly has been handled well sure and talking about terrorism and the obama administration's kind of view on that have you seen their new um, Um, directive that they are that they are essentially clearing negotiations with terrorist organizations yes i saw that there's so many things wrong with this go ahead go ahead and tell us some i'm interested wrong with this um the whole idea of we don't negotiate with terrorists it, there's so many levels to that. You know what I mean? I feel like the first one is even just we're above that. 
You know what I mean? Like, put yourself above that because people, when someone's a terrorist, they've lowered themselves to something that it's just a level that you don't go to. It's dirty. It's nasty. It's ugly. Like, you don't reach that level. So by saying we'll negotiate with you, that's basically putting us on the same level saying, okay, we're equals. Let's talk about this. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like lowering our standards, lowering our self-perception. It's all of these different things. And when you open the door up and say you're going to allow families to pay ransoms to these terrorists, while I can completely understand families wanting that option, because from what I read, President Obama said that he made his decision by speaking with um, some family members that have had loved ones taken hostage or have loved ones being held hostage, and his own opinions as a father and as a husband. So I can understand the emotional side of wanting that option there, but then you look at the other side of it and it's like this is just asking for more people to be taken hostage you know what I mean like you if you they say we're gonna take your family member give us money and then you give them money nothing's making them release your family member right it, it sets a very dangerous precedent and it now right. has our enemies looking on uh, looking at us as even more of a target and they say well now that the Obama administration is willing to negotiate with us we can do just about anything because we already know that this is a president who will trade uh, prisoners in Guantanamo Bay for people who deserted our military mm -hmm. and so they, they know that he's easy to walk over and I'm just very concerned about um, what kind of message this sends to these extremists who want nothing more than to, to kill each and every American um, and it's certainly extremely dangerous. Now, I wanted to turn to, let's turn to a lighter topic, shall we? Okay. Let's talk about this latest poll out of New Hampshire, getting into some 2016 news, which I'm sure you're excited, as excited as I am about a new election. Jumping up and down. Absolutely. So a new poll out of New Hampshire. Now, granted, the, the sample says this poll was only 500 likely GOP voters, but it has Jeb Bush leading uh, the pack and Donald Trump in second place. What are your thoughts about the poll? What are your thoughts about Jeb Bush? And what are your thoughts about the Donald? Um, well, did they tell us what type of people were in those 500? It said a, a, a poll of 500 likely GOP voters. Okay, so it could have been all like hairstylists. It's a, yeah, it's a and very rough sample. Like that. So that's why they voted for Donald Trump then? Possibly. <laughs> if If they're all in that business just a thought do, do you do you think hairstylists are envious of his hair or is it just kind of like a, a wonder of his hair you think so i'm envious of his hair of course they are, are you really <laughs> my hair never looks that good without trying okay <laughs> that, that good okay exactly Interesting. It's, it doesn't move okay it doesn't move it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't move it's glued um, <laughs> i think that this poll, it was only 500 people that were polled, and there was 19 candidates on that poll. You know what I mean? I think that between being so small and having so many candidates, that poll just has to be taken very lightly. But I think that it's interesting. You know what I mean? I think that a lot of people, honestly, are not paying attention to anything related to 2016 yet. So I think that most likely if they voted for Jeb Bush and Donald Trump, it's because those were the two names that they recognized. Right. You know, what I mean? a lot of people who aren't paying attention, everybody knows who Donald Trump is, whether you like him or not, you know who he is. So if he was the only name on that list that you recognized, you were probably more likely to vote for him. And Jeb Bush is, everybody knows Jeb Bush. So I feel like that's probably most of the reason that they won that poll. Um, could have been a little bit of irony, just 
for the sake of letting Donald Trump think he's doing better than he is. Sure, you know what sure. I mean? Like if somebody asked me right now, I might say Donald Trump just for the heck of it. <laughs> Just for fun. No, no, okay, so you mentioned the, uh, the the large number of candidates that we have going into 2016. The Democrats, for the most part, really just have three candidates. Um, and they're, the, the leader of the PAC, Hillary Clinton, is very well known, as you said. So is Donald Trump and, and Jeb Bush. Do you think the Republicans have too many candidates? Or do you think that uh, Bobby Jindal just uh, announced that he'd be entering the race today? Do you think that is... Um, that is problematic for the GOP going into th- 2016, um, or do you welcome this many candidates? You know, I think that I w- I like the idea of having a big field and of allowing people to have a lot of options and exhaust those options. But just looking at the field we have, I feel like it's kind of overkill. You know what I mean? Like some of these people, it's like while I believe that their heart is in the right place, a lot of them and they're trying to do good things for the country I feel like some of them their voices would be better off supporting the party as a whole or just doing their thing as governor as in the Senate you know what I mean like we need good people in the Senate right you know what I mean it's like our entire field of good senators is running for president now go ahead it's and things like and obviously we don't know yet what's going to happen but like Marco Rubio for example mm-hmm. is a senator in Florida he's running for president he is not going to be a senator from Florida come election day 2016 regardless of whether he's on the ticket or not or he wins or loses and that's what I was going to bring up a very interesting strategy by him of course um, the other people uh, who are up for re-election are, are continuing their bid uh, Rand Paul in his state made it the the state GOP made it very uh, possible for him to, to run for both mm-hmm. um, so so I'm I'm concerned just like you that we will possibly lose some really good people. But I've kind of had this thing where when it comes to 2016, if you're a has been, you should probably stay all the race. Mitt Romney, uh, yeah. as, as much as I would have loved to have seen him in because I just have a special thing for Mitt. I'm glad he chose to sit out. I think Mike Huckabee should go away. I think uh, um, I, I think Lindsey Graham, even though he's in office, but he's still a has been. Who would you take out? Of the, of the of the field. Who would I take out? Not meaning that I don't like them, but meaning I think they're doing good things where they are. Meaning that yeah, they shouldn't be running for president. They may be great people, but they shouldn't be running for president. Jeb Bush, Mike Huckabee, Lindsey Graham, Donald Trump. No, Donald Trump can stay. He's funny. <laughs> um, I think. Um, I'm trying to think who else is. Do you think Rick Santorum should stay in? You know, as much as I love Rick Santorum, I think he should get out just because he already ran and lost. Sure. Um, but he was so close the last time. That's what, He was so close, but I feel like even the fact that he came so close will diminish his chances this time. Sure, sure. Um, I think I'm blanking on who else is running. I think that there's, I think a lot of people, everybody's known that they're going to run for a long time. Right. So it's not really a matter of like, should you be in or not? It's like everybody's just waiting for you to actually say that you're running. And, um, uh, and who are your top three, if you had to pick three? Top three. I know that Rick, may be tough. Yeah, there's so many. Um, Rick Perry, uh-huh. Bobby Jindal, and okay. Scott Walker. Now, that's interesting you say Bobby Jindal. I think a lot of people um, underestimate him as a candidate. What do you like so much about Bobby Jindal? I think Bobby Jindal, for one, he's a lot younger than a lot of the field. Like He's just got much more enthusiasm, much more energy. Um, 
he's a minority, which helps. That's not part. That's not the reason that I like him, but it just it helps. I think his stance on education, the things he's done in Louisiana for ed- the education system, are great and would look great on a national scale. And I think things like Obamacare, things that he's spoken about, that he's spoken out against the Obama administration, against some federal policies, he's just got a good head on his shoulders. You know what I mean? I think he's handling Louisiana very well. And I think that I like the idea of a governor as president because you can kind of see how they govern over a large body of people. You know what I mean? I love the Senate. I'm a nerd. You know that. I (laughs) I I love the Senate, but I feel like it's two different worlds. You know what I mean? Like you're not like the Senate is not in a sense governing because you're making the laws, but you're not responsible for enforcing them. Whereas a governor has to sign the laws into effect and he has to oversee the implementation of them. I feel like governors um, are, are much better in their in their first term because, like you said, they have that executive experience and there's not really a learning curve for them going into the presidency. Obviously, it's a much bigger office, but uh, but they at least know kind of the gist of it. So right. let, let me get your opinion on Carly Fiorina because she's been someone who I don't necessarily agree with on every issue. I do like the fact, though, um, that she's taken Hillary Clinton to bat at, for a lot of issues. She's talked about um, what I see as a much-needed reform of feminism, and mm-hmm. she has great business experience. What do you think about her? This, this, is, this is something I haven't really discussed much because I don't know how my opinion will be taken. Okay. But I think I like her from what I know of her, from like what I've seen of her opinions. Obviously, she's a very successful businesswoman to have worked her way up like she did but sometimes I feel like because we always go after we always get on Hillary for saying like oh I'm a woman vote for me right I don't want us to fall into the trap of here's a woman who's not Hillary vote for her instead right. you know what I mean like we can't fall into the like trap of this mindset like we need a woman president right now because there's, that's a totally different discussion, but we don't need to have a woman president just because we had a black president, so now we can have both, so now we can like wipe our hands of that and we're done. Yeah, you know? I, I understand that, but, but at a certain point, don't you kind of have to play the game with this? Because the Democrats in 2008 and 2012 played the race card. In 2016, they are most certainly going to play the gender card. So sir, don't you kind of have to play the game? You kind of do, but part of me is just so disgusted by it. Like, are we really that shallow that we're going to look at your physical appearance and vote for you just based on that? You know what I mean? That's just a personal pet peeve right. there. But that's my concern with Carly is I don't want us to fall into the trap of, okay, we have to find a woman that we can nominate so we can, like, be just as good as them. Because I think man or woman, it's your qualifications, not your gender. So, yeah, she's got great business experience. I think she's a great candidate if you're looking for somebody who's, been in business you know what I mean like a much better alternative to Donald Trump if you want a business person in the Oval Office but I think that just and the fact that she has no prior political experience is a little bit concerning mm-hmm. for me but I think that's my biggest concern with her I like that she's taking on feminism I like that there's a female voice there who is combating a lot of these women's issues because that's been such a problem for Republicans you know what I mean like fighting sure. these, the war on women actually the fact that there's a woman there I think <laughs> is, a, is a good thing but I don't want us to fall into, we have to prop her up just because she's a woman. You know what I mean? Like her accomplishments speak for themselves because she is has been very successful. So just let that speak for itself and don't necessarily try to play the gender card if we don't have to. Obviously, we might have to a little bit, but please, let's wait till we really have to. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think those are good points. We are here this week with Bethany Bora, uh, contributor to College Conservative Campus Reform, Smart Girl Politics, all over the place. Bethany, what's your Twitter? At Bethany Bora. Wonderful, because you know people people might want to listen or or, or follow. Uh, we are going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, which will be me in a future time recording the message, and it'll be great. And then we'll come back and do some offbeat questions. Hey guys, if you're anything like me, you know how terrifying it is when you're out and about and your phone battery drops below 20% and then 10%. And before you know it, it's at 1% and you feel like you're dying along with your phone. Well, what if I told you that doesn't have to be the dark, grim reality of your life anymore thanks to Octopod? Octopod's line of portable charging solutions provide portable power to your phone, ensuring you can breeze through the day as a productive human being. And that is what I think we all want. And for the listeners of this week's program, they want to give you 50% off because uh, they think you're awesome. We think you're awesome. You deserve it. 50% off. Just go to octo-pod.com outset and use the promo code outset at checkout. That's octo-pod.com outset and use the promo code outset at checkout for 50% off. Now back to the interview. All right, we are back with Bethany. Bethany, are you ready for some offbeat questions? I'm so excited. You sound excited. <laughs> All right, let's uh, well, let's start with we'll start with a couple of kind of serious ones, and then um, and then we'll get into some of the the more stupid stuff that just comes to my mind after I've had a venti iced coffee. <laughs> what do you think is the biggest issue facing our country today? I think that the biggest issue facing our country today is. I think a lack of responsibility, a lack of personal responsibility, because that just undermines everything. Right. In 2016, if you could have anyone as the Republican nominee, the dream ticket, who would it, who two people would it be? This is too hard. I know it is, but you got to come up with something. Uh, um, can Jack Bauer be president? Can we run Jack Bauer? Who would be his vice president? Oh, oh my gosh. This is tough, um, right? I, this is so hard. Um, I wish I could say me, but I don't think that would work. Not legally yet. <laughs> yeah, true. One um, day maybe. Jack Bauer and probably Rick Perry. I want Rick Perry up there. That would be such an interesting combination. I so know. You heard it. You heard the story, maybe, of that biographer who was um, uh, doing a biography on Reagan, and he found out that Reagan carried a pistol in his. Uh, briefcase yes i I'm, did i'm pretty sure that would be rick perry as well i know that's why i love it uh, right it'd be great to have a president who, who carries a weapon around although he'd be very ronald reagan was quiet about it rick perry would be very vocal about it <laughs> yeah. let's see who is your favorite fictional president and why i think i'm gonna have to do a throwback here and say uh, james uh, marshall oh okay yeah yeah air force one yeah. um I think probably I remember that was the first R-rated movie I ever watched. Ooh. <laughs> um, Why was he your favorite? Just the whole persona, that confidence that he portrays. Obviously, it's a movie, but this is fictional, so that's okay. Mm -hmm. Just mm -hmm. that strength and like the courage that he displayed, the fact that he could hold himself against all of those terrorists in the plane and actually take the plane back over, I think says a lot about his ability to lead people. Absolutely. Now, um, I, I saw something today. Megyn Kelly 
and Kevin Spacey. I don't know if you've seen this story because it just came out today. They are working on a new White House drama together. No way. Yes. And um, I don't don't know if he's going to play the president, but I feel like whoever the president is in that drama will probably be my favorite fictional president. I feel like she's going to be the president out of those two. Ooh, you know what? Has she ever done acting before? I don't think so, but I could really see her doing that. I bet you this is her breakout role. She reminds me of the vice president in Air Force One. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I look like her. I think she's awesome. All right, so Taylor Swift was in the news recently. <laughs> she obviously had this uh, this little <laughs> issue with Apple. Are you laughing because I'm, I'm mentioning Taylor Swift? <laughs> Maybe. You know what? I'm just a fan, okay? <laughs> Do you think Taylor Swift would make a good president? Taylor Swift is already ruling the world. She doesn't <laughs> president. Okay, she's what, 24 years old or 25 years old and she's already taken over two genres of music and now entire <laughs> software industry. Yeah, she doesn't need anything else. She's doing fine. That's very true. So if Taylor Swift has the power to change Apple's mind about this Apple streaming service, what would what else? What's the next thing that you would like to see her focus her energy on changing? Can she go get involved in the Iran um agree like iran deal and go start we are never ever ever getting back together and just walk out oh my gosh and then she would be the reason for the teardrops on their guitar exactly oh that's beautiful and and then whenever they start walking in she can start singing i knew you were trouble when you walked in (laughs) (laughs) it's perfect there's literally a taylor swift song for everything there really is i i remember a twitter discussion i don't remember everyone who was in it but uh Julia Porterfield was part of it, and we were just spitting song titles back and forth. I, were you in that one? I think so. We need to have another one soon. <laughs> Late night Twitter is a real thing. It, um, it's real. It's kind of scary. Yeah. Julia's nope. actually going to be coming on the show soon, and uh, I'm sure there will she's be even more. Twin. What's she's that? She's my twin. It's going to be very similar to this. True. It, uh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> these, uh, th- these two interviews... Um, there's been some mental preparation for that's for sure. And then when you asked if you could come on with her, I was like, I don't know if I could, I don't know what would happen there. This I would just l- become our show. The, I was about to say, I would lose control. The Steven part of Steven and company would go away. It would just be company. <laughs> They're just going to take my show for the week and it'll be fine. Exactly. Okay. Do you think Hillary Clinton could take over Taylor Swift's job as a pop star? Is that a real question? It is, I have it written down. Of course, it's a real question. That, I mean, come on. She, she could probably bust a move. Literally, that image terrifies me. I'm going to have nightmares. Thank That's you. That's why I said it. You're welcome. The, the pantsuits. Like, but she's got pictures with little children. She's relatable. Maybe she could be a pop star. Were they real children or were they like planted? There was a lot of them. I think they had to be real. They were probably bust in and they're against their will. Speaking of Hillary Clinton's pantsuits, in order to save the military some money, because I'm a fan of saving money wherever you can, do you think her old pantsuits should be repurposed as parachutes? <laughs> I could totally get on board with that. You, okay, so so I'm glad we're on the same page there. Um, yeah, I think her pantsuits are, are interesting. The, the thing I find interesting is she doesn't want us to talk about but you know her what? Appear- what? Here's the thing about the pantsuits. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, you know, I am the farthest thing from Hillary fan. Yes. But the fact that she has been wearing those pantsuits for so long and just doesn't care what people think and she's comfortable, so she's going to keep wearing them. Props to her. 
That's true. She's very confident in her collection. She's a a confident woman. She's holding her own, and she's making a fashion statement in a world where Photoshop is the new thing. You know what I mean? So, yeah, she's an older lady, but she's holding her own when it comes to her clothes. And you know what? I say go for it. If pantsuits are your thing, (laughs) it's what comes out of your mouth that I care about, as long as you're not, like, completely ridiculous. And pantsuits are just, like, whatever. It's it, it's an old I don't I wouldn't wear them but you can wear them go for it <laughs> so there's no doubt that she's a pantsuit aficionado but do you agree with her when she says that she is a hair icon she's as much a hair icon as Donald Trump is so in other words yes because you were just praising his hair well I mean hers moves so I think he's got her beat on that well, everyone's hair moves Bethany even Donald Trump's it doesn't no. move it just stays. <laughs> It stays no. in the same place. No, have you ever seen it move? It doesn't move. I'm telling you. I have pictures. I, I, I have Googled Donald Trump hair wind, and <laughs> there are pictures where it's just, of course, well, I have nothing else better to do. <laughs> if you remember on Outset, I did an entire article of politicians in dad jeans, and that I, was, I spent the entire morning Googling people in dad jeans. That was relevant. That was relevant. It was Father's Day, so it made sense. Um, no, not really. I mean, her hair is cool, but it's not like, oh, I'm going to go get my hair cut like hers. So probably not. Okay. Okay. Well, I, we have a question coming up soon about her hair in a game of political would you rather, but let's finish these. Um, do, 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 do. already did that one. Okay. This is a good one. I love this question. Name sure. one politician that you would like to go see on Fear Factor and eat a bug. <gasps> oh that's hard like really just think about it just you know okay, what's the best wait. one i have to think about this for a second wait i wait i have to hang on i don't i have to google his name because i know who i'm thinking of but i can't remember his name describe him maybe maybe the, it comes the, the senator who thinks guam's gonna tip over i'm sorry what you didn't see that that's so old that's a real person um, yeah, I'm, I'll tweet the link out when this is over. Okay. But there was a senator, I'm, hang on, it's coming up now. Uh, Representative Johnson, he's from Georgia. Of course. And he's very um, elderly. <laughs> and um, in a Senate hearing about whether we could put a new military base on Guam, which would put like 700 soldiers and their families or something like that, like nothing major on Guam, he sat in a Senate hearing and completely serious in a house hearing and completely seriously said he had very real concerns about putting that new base on Guam because the island might capsize and tip over. That Um, is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. And that's on the record, by the way. It's on the record in Congress and it's beautiful and I love it. And I feel like his irrational fear of like tipping islands would just make him the perfect candidate for eating a bug. You know, I agree. That's completely sound logic and there's no way I could debate it. (laughs) Okay, let, let's talk about, we talked about Rick Santorum a little bit. Mm-hmm. And last week's guest was Avery Jesmer, and I asked her if she thought Jeb Bush should be required to wear a sombrero during the debates. My <laughs> question to you is, do you think Rick Santorum should be required to wear his signature sweater vest in every debate? Obviously. Obvi- do you think all of the candidates should have to wear a sweater vest with their logo on it? No, I think all of them should figure out their own thing. Like Rubio selling Marco Polos. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, all of them can find something, and they can do that. Jeb can wear a sombrero. Um, I'm trying to think what else they can wear. Perry can wear a cowboy hat. Obviously. Um, who else? I feel like Bobby Jindal would rock some really cool socks. 
for some reason. You like think he's the socks guy? He I wears boots, like... though. You can't really see him. Hmm. No, Scott Walker, then. Maybe Scott Walker is the sock guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he gets he, them from like, Kohl's. Yeah, like, you just see he, like, pulls up his pants a little bit, and, like, you see his socks, and there's, like, American flags underneath. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think all of them should have, like, their signature thing, because everybody knew Santorum by his sweater vest. That's true. I, I every, every Thursday, I would wear a sweater vest. Right. So it's like if he goes up there on the stage in a sweater vest, people are going to be like, oh, okay, I know who that is. That's the sweater vest guy. They'll face recognition. It would work. Absolutely. Let's get into some political would you rather questions. And okay. now you know how it goes. Would you rather blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Would you rather watch Bernie Sanders do synchronized swimming or watch okay. Chris Christie dig into a Big Mac? I don't need these mental images. Well, you're getting them. <laughs> Um, probably the synchronized Bernie Sanders because I'm pretty sure there's got to be pictures somewhere of Chris Christie already doing that. I think I've seen him digging into a hot dog, and it's as disturbing as you would think. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll be adventurous. I'll go for Bernie. Would you rather have a hat made out of Rand Paul's hair or Hillary Clinton's <laughs> hair? <laughs> um, or I guess a wig is really what it is. Not it's not really a hat. Probably Rand Paul because he's really nice. Yes, but he has weird hair, does he not? Look at Hillary's hair. What would you want? But at least you understand, like, oh, Hillary's hair. Yeah, okay, I get it. Rand Paul's hair, you look at it. It's kind of like Trey Gowdy's hair and Donald I, Trump's hair. You look at it and you're just like, what is it? I love Trey Gowdy. He changes his hair a lot. He does change his hair, but every time he changes it, the same question. What is that? It's multi-purpose. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, probably Rand. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Would you, here's a good one. This one was actually given to me by a friend. Would you rather have a conservative professor who gave you all A's or a progressive professor who gave you all C's but challenges your work and opinions? A progressive professor by far. Yeah. Yeah, I've had both, so. I had one um, for political theory. She was a progressive feminist, um, slightly Marxist, and it was probably one of the best classes I've ever been in. Oh, yeah. No, um, I've had really, really good professors who were liberals because they just made me think. Yeah, um, I think that's the best thing. It's fun when they challenge you. I had a professor challenge me because he saw me shaking my head silently. You know what I mean? I, I was just, uh, minding my own business. I just started shaking my head when he told me that con- he's like, these countries, these Scandinavian countries pay 60% of their income in taxes, but look at all the great stuff they get. And I started shaking my head and he called me out. It was a great conversation. <laughs> I, what I would do is, is because we had, there was really no other conservative in the class, not that I found. So I would just sit in the back, uh, mainly because that's where the laptop charger was. And I had all my geo, I had a, a GOP, my college Republicans and my I voted sticker um, and just gave her like, what are you even talking about looks? <laughs> so it was a great time. Would you rather, uh, another one submitted by a friend and I'm really questioning his mental state. <laughs> Would you rather give Bernie Sanders a foot rub or have one given to, or have one given to you by Lindsey Graham while he smiles awkwardly? Stop it. Oh I had to really think about this one. I'm never coming on the radio with you again. <laughs> but Bethany, these are the greatest questions you've ever been asked. Oh my god. Um, probably I would probably take Lindsey Graham because I could close my eyes. Does it bother you how he talks? Not really. No? It's not, like, creepy to you? No, not really. Okay. Well, I guess, I I don't know. I guess 
I just, I, I don't know. I just there's, have, there's so many other things in the world that can creep me out. That's like, true. Like the images you're giving me right now. Like Bernie's, like giving <laughs> Bernie Sanders a foot rub. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just, I told you this would be it. weird. It far trumps his voice. Yeah. I was always thinking, or I always think back to um, when you and I were at CPAC and we interviewed Sean Hannity. Yeah. I really wanted to ask him what color the dress was, because if you remember, that dress yeah. was making the rounds. But I yeah. felt like that wasn't going to be appropriate for Sean Hannity. I'm sure he would have loved it. Although he did call me Steve, so I felt like it was a very informal type <laughs> of interview. All right, so let's end with some word association. I have all the candidates and let's just go through and give me one word or just like a quick little brief phrase about them. And I have to actually, I have to add in Bobby Jindal because I forgot that he was even thinking about running. Okay. So let's just start with Jeb Bush. Can a me does a memory work? Like, can I tell you a memory? Yeah, go for it. A little sure. longer. When I was, I think I was two, I met Jeb Bush and I can remember it so clearly. I was at his rally and I remember taking a picture with him. So, like, that's what I think of when I hear Jeb Bush. Was he um, a little larger back then? Just a little bit, but not really. I think he was more lovable, honestly. <laughs> I remember he was so nice. He was running for governor of Florida. He is definitely a nice guy. By the way, his logo, terrible. But, you know, that could take up a whole show. <laughs> Thought, uh, word association, Hillary Clinton. Pantsuits. Yep. Bernie Sanders. Oh, my gosh. But, Rob, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> No, oh my gosh, that's what I think of. Oh my gosh. <laughs> now it is. Donald <laughs> Trump. Uh, squirrel. Oh, Rick Santorum. His hair looks like a squirrel. It, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, Rick Santorum, um, sweater vest. I feel like I'm so basic right now, but that's what I think it's, of. It's whatever. It's whatever comes to mind. Rick Perry. I think of like somebody standing with like their arms crossed holding two pistols and like cowboy boots on like come at me bro i found the i was in a gun shop the other day with my dad and i found the perfect pair of pistols for a texas governor to have they're just these these two revolvers they were sold in pair one of them had the don't tread on me flag and the other had the texas flag and i thought it was the greatest thing ever that's amazing they're on my christmas list um <laughs> let me see carla fiorina um I feel like come at me, bro, is a good thing for her, too. True. Just the sunglasses come down, come at yeah, me, bro. Yeah, she's, she's just like, come at me, bro, but she's got, like, high heels on while she does it. Mm-hmm. Teddy Cruz. <laughs> well, now I think of a teddy bear. <laughs> oh, dang it. Did, did, I, did I mess that up? <laughs> you just said Teddy. Darn. I, well, that's what I'm going to call him throughout 2015 and 16. <laughs> and if he wins. Ben Carson. I think of glasses. Okay. Like eyeglasses. Yeah. Uh, Rand Paul. Yeah. And Ben Carson, I think, is almost getting mobbed. That oh, too. Oh, yeah. He had a big crowd at CPAC. Yep. They needed to calm down. <laughs> Just a little. Just a little. Rand Paul. I think of his hair, oddly enough. Yeah. The very first thing I think of. I think that's a common first thought for people. And he kind of startled me, too. When I went to go talk to him in his office, he uh -huh. came... He came in behind me and didn't warn me that he was coming in. So my back was to the door and I just heard hello when someone tapped my shoulder and I turned around and there was Rand Paul. I probably would have had a stroke if, it, <laughs> if I turned around and there was Rand Paul. No, because his, his staff had been coming in and out. Like his chief of staff came in, in and out and like had told me like, okay, they called the vote. So he's going to be a little bit. So right. I wasn't expecting him to come in. And all of it, I heard the door open, but I didn't turn around. And 
Someone tapped my shoulder and there was Rand Paul. Oh my God. By the way, I'm so jealous you did that interview with him. It's so incredible. Um, let's see. Let's go Lindsey Graham. I just hear his voice. Like whatever you say, I just hear it in that like, hello, my name's Lindsey Graham. My name's like- Lindsey Graham and I'm running for president. <laughs> I feel like he kind of sounds like Jimmy Carter. A little bit, which I think is what concerns me. Yeah, that's probably your fear. He should he should be building houses for people who can afford them rather than running for president, to be can honest. We, can we get him one of those Darth Vader masks so when he talks, it's like, I am your father. I will literally buy one and send one to his campaign headquarters. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Let's do it. Mike Huckabee. Um, he's nice. <laughs> That's what you say about people you don't you don't really like, but like you know their friends are asking you, what do you think about so and so? They're nice, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Pretty much like, it. I mean, I don't think he should be running this time. I feel like it's kind of like give up, give up on it, dude. Do Come you on. think he was a better candidate when he was thinner? No, no. I don't think that has anything to do with it. Okay, well, I, I, I think I think he's a better candidate now. He's. Um, you know, he, he knows who he is. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I don't think weight really plays into it. No, it doesn't. More no, power to you if you're confident enough to do it. That's true. That's true. And and finally, the the new guy who just entered the race today with a terrible <laughs> logo, Bobby Jindal. <laughs> I haven't seen the logo yet. The logo is essentially the Obama logo, but in a J. Oh, that's kind of cool. I yeah. haven't. And this is my opinion without having seen it. Um. I think he's going to be the underdog. That's what I think of when I think Bobby Jindal. Right. Right. Yeah, underdog. Underdog. It's a good one. Well, Bethany, thank you so much for coming on the show this week. Um, it, it was fun for me. I hope it was fun for you, uh, even though I put in some bad um, mental images into your mind. Um, but first. certainly enjoyed having you. Hopefully you'll come <laughs> back on. And you know what? I, I, I would actually love to have Julia and you on even though it'll probably no longer be my show. We will make it happen. Absolutely. So uh, you said people can find you on Twitter at, what, what was at, it again? At Bethany Bora. Very original with my name. Yes. I was about to say, my goodness, so creative. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for coming on. And I highly encourage everyone to go check you out. You're definitely a very smart person. You know what you're talking about. And I hope to see you at CPAC. Are you going to go next year? I will be there. Awesome. With, with somehow, somewhere. <laughs> and of course, your mom will maybe be coming. She'll have bells on too. Like she's she's uh, she's kind of the, a rock star among she's, people. She, she's the mom. She's everybody's mom. Absolutely, she's awesome, and so she's are great. you. So thanks Bye. so much for coming on, and we'll speak again soon. Once again, thank you to Bethany for being my guest this week. To listen to future episodes of Stephen and Company, make sure you take a second to subscribe to this show on iTunes. And while you're there, subscribe to Second Look with Benjamin Green, which will be back in a couple of weeks, and The Matt Dallas Show, which will have a new episode on Saturday. And also make sure to follow Outset on Twitter, at Outset Magazine, and on Facebook.com slash Outset Network. That is it for this week's show. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you back here next week.